You're listening to You Radio. Let your voice be heard. My name is Ryan Funk. You're on You Talk, a program dedicated to diversity, highlighting native-born and new Canadians, cultures, and experiences. Work can have its ups and downs, but many immigrants may experience unfair biases and microaggressions from colleagues or employers beyond cultural and language barriers. That's what Shweta Rajan experienced when working in the United States. After moving to Canada and into more senior roles, she created spaces where diverse voices are valued equally. She would later work with other immigrant women to make the organization Immigrant and International Women in Science. I was born in India and I moved to North America, uh, to the U.S. first in 2000. And then I moved to Canada after the economy collapsed in the U.S. in 2008. So I moved to Canada in 2009 um, and I have called Vancouver home since then. How how was it kind of, uh, you know, going from the United States, adjusting to that culture and then coming to Canada? Yeah, it was... um, it was interesting because I, when I moved to the U.S. in 2000, I had the opportunity to travel across the country. And as a part of that, I um, had, had looked at all different places in the U.S. as a way of trying to figure out where do I feel most at home. And as I was exploring this, I got into grad school and um, then had to come to Canada, to Vancouver, actually, to get my passport stamped. Um, because of the change in status. And as I was going through the process, I landed in Vancouver and immediately felt the sense of this is where I want to be. And so because of that, when, when the economy collapsed, I was looking for opportunities and I was having as an international person in um, US, I was having a really hard time trying to find a job because of the H-1B status requirements. and um, But thankfully, I'd already gotten my PR citizenship process um, approved. PRs, so I was already a permanent resident of Canada. And so I just packed my belongings, got into my car, got on I-5 because I was in California at the time and drove up north for two days straight and landed in Vancouver. Um, and so, and it's not a choice that I regret making. I have always felt more at home in Vancouver than I ever felt in the U.S. And there is just a sense of belonging here that I never quite got when I was in America. The people are wonderful there. I have lots of extended family and friends that I have made over the 10 years there. But yeah, there is just this indescribable feeling of belonging that I have here in Canada. What was life kind of uh, like before moving to North America? So I grew up in the Indian Army. My dad was an army officer. So I grew up traveling. And so traveling is something that I have loved. Uh, And India is a very vast and diverse country. We have different cultures just jostling with each other every two kilometers feels like. So, (laughs) um, and I grew up trying to integrate all these cultures together in my, so these cultures were all integrated into my upbringing. And so I've always valued different perspectives and, and, and the 
the richness that comes with integrating them together and valuing them together. So that's something I personally value. And that's one of the things that I feel is great that we have in Canada, uh, you know, baked into um, our culture is a, a lens towards respecting diverse views and being multicultural. So uh, yeah, and that is something that I carry with me everywhere I go. You know, you've been heavily involved in, you know, uh, creating that safe space for cultures in, in the workplace. And uh, you're at this organization to help um, immigrants get into their like technology and STEM. Uh, was this spurred from a personal experience why you wanted to get heavily involved in this? One of my first experiences when I moved to US, um, I got into grad school and unfortunately I uh, faced some bullying and harassment and it went on for about three years. And I took a really big hit in my self-confidence, how I viewed myself in my mental health, in my productivity for sure. Um, and the fact was that as an immigrant person who was new to the culture, I did not even recognize when I was living this experience that what I was uh, undergoing was not normal. It was not acceptable. And so when I moved on from that, when I was let go actually from that project and I moved on to do other things, um, there was this key question that remained in my mind that I was looking to find an answer to. And it wasn't so much about the bullying and uh, discrimination that I had faced, but it was more about how come in the three years that I had been there and I had so many colleagues surrounding me, no one had stepped in and no one had offered any support or even just asked a question about how are you doing? And so moving forward, I always look wanted to create, be that person that I didn't have when I was working there for others, started practicing, creating inclusive cultures. And so when I moved on from, my, I completed my career as a scientist in about 2015 and having worked with organizations where I was able to have more of an impact uh, in creating culture as I took on senior roles, I wanted to take that on full time. and. I was in a career gap. I was trying to figure out what to do um, with you know, how to progress ahead because as I mentioned, I didn't have all this language for psychological safety or microaggressions or even people and culture having worked with small and medium-sized organizations all my life. So um, as I was looking for that, I've always been an active mentor, um, and people have reached out to me and I was, I was looking for some support as I was going through this experience to just provide support and form a community for others who were going through similar experiences. And as I was thinking about that idea, someone approached me, someone I, had, I looked up to as a mentor, um, she approached me and she said, look, I'm thinking of starting this thing, would you want to come do this with me? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and coincidentally, something very similar was happening across the country in Ottawa. One of our um, 
you know, I, uh, colleagues uh, had moved uh, and she was looking to create a community being in a place where she didn't have a lot of other um, people to support her. And we are all immigrants. So we really understand how it feels to come to a country without the social network, without having the social connections, without having any kind of social uh, safety net built for you that you can lean into in it as you go through find, trying to find a job, trying to understand a completely new culture and all the stressors that come with it, trying to you know make sure that your finances are holding up as you move through this. And so <clears throat> we formed Immigrant and International Women in Science. I mean, it started as just a group of women meeting we didn't have an organization. We didn't have a name. We didn't have anything. We just wanted to see if people wanted to come chat with us and found out really quickly that we had tapped into a niche um, and we had tapped into an unmet need in the community in, in across Canada. I believe that we are the only pan-Canadian organization which offers this kind of support um, <coughs> for women in STEM fields. So. Now we have um, eight sister chapters across the country. Um, we have a very active volunteer leaders of over 25 plus people who volunteer their time to hold events and uh, you know, engage in social media and spread awareness about what it takes. Uh, and so we, we engage across a lot of different platforms. So what are some of the challenges that immigrants, particularly uh, uh, female immigrants, uh, that are coming here that are facing to get into um, either technology or STEM? That's one of the interesting things for me as I started looking more into it. And very recently, um, just about, um, I think about two weeks ago, there's been a report that came out with a study from, I believe, Northwestern University, but I might have the university wrong. But they conducted a study which shows that Canada actually is one of the worst offenders in their hiring practices uh, in discriminating against immigrants, um, right, in, in the developed countries, in the OECD countries. At the same time, there has been a report, um, very uh, a different report, different study done, in that now 60% or more of Canadians actually view immigrants favorably. So there is this difference in that Canada is getting more and more accepting and understanding the value of what immigrants bring to the table when they come into the country. But at the same time, there is still these uh, barriers to making sure that immigrants, particularly immigrant women in, um, you know, who are looking to enter male dominant fields, um, that they face in integrating into uh, uh, getting jobs. Um, more specifically, you know, there have been two studies done, one by Van City in Vancouver, um, looking at the percentage of immigrants who get the expertise, who get to work in the field of their expertise, and the rates are, and they didn't do gender, they didn't look at the gender desegregated data, so it's just for all immigrants, um, and it's 50%. So only 50% of immigrants who come to BC, which is you know, one of the most diverse places in, in, in Canada, as Vancouver especially, um, is only 50%. So for women, 
that ratio is probably just knowing what we know about intersectionality, that ratio is even worse, right? And this the rates are very similar in um, Ontario as well. So there is this very particular problem and that's, and there's a lot of different things that play into it. But one of the big things is trying to understand um, what is it, trying to evaluate what is it that immigrants are bringing to the table. So recognizing their credentials is one big thing, but also just helping them give the support network, give them the access to networks. The second thing is many of the companies do not have a social media presence and they may or may not actually put out jobs on LinkedIn, which charge so much. So you might actually have to go to Craigslist. I actually went and found the job that I eventually applied for on Craigslist, right? So, and this is not obvious to a lot of people that this is where you would want to look to find jobs. Um, so there are a lot of different things. Understanding the labor market is another big one because so many in Canada, 90% of the companies are 50 people or less. So they're really small size companies. And so many people, especially if they're immigrants, they're not aware that these guys are hiring. And as you gain experience, um, you may, might not, they might not need full-time. So you might be a project manager. A small company is not going to need a full-time project manager. So you might have to think about hiring yourself out as a consultant or you know, setting up yourself as a self-employed person, which is a very sh different shift in mindset that, you know, again, a lot of immigrants might not think through. How do you stay connected your cultural roots and kind of your uh, your heritage while still adapting to the workforce i have a new baby my son is six months old and we just had a diwali celebration a couple weeks ago which is something that one of the festivals that i from india just enjoy a lot and it has just lots of just really lovely memories for me that I want to stay connected to. And so uh, my partner is from Canada. He grew up in the Comox Valley and, you know, we are at his parents' place right now. And so I requested, I said, can we have these celebrations? And they were like, yes, let's do it. And so we lit the whole house with candles. We put up the trees that, uh, you know, we lit up the tree with uh, all the plants inside, put the lights up on them that they do in, during for Christmas. And, you know, we had sparklers on and things like that. And we had a really great time. And they really enjoyed coming to know about my culture and uh, what I brought in. And, um, you know, I had a great time celebrating my culture. So you have to find a space um, where you can do these things, you have to uh, make time for them, and it is, it is, um, you know, that's one of the things that companies can do. You know, when you when Diwali, one of the things I I often struggle with is it doesn't fall always fall on a weekend. This year it did, but it doesn't always fall on a weekend. And so, if I'm rushing from work or whatnot to get it started get all my celebration and then i might or might not be able to celebrate it so 
you know, if organizations want to support their immigrant employees, offering them three or four days of vacation, optional vacation that they can take whenever they feel like for celebrating, you know, whatever uh, festival they want to is a wonderful way of showing that, you know, we have these statutory holidays that we as Canadians all want to celebrate, but there's so many more and we can't integrate all of them. Um, because, you know, we do that in India and that's a lot. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can provide optional days off uh, to people um, who might be wanting to celebrate things that are rooted in their own culture. And so I make time for it in small and big ways. I like color. I bring color in whenever I... I um, try to make a purchase, uh, you know, whether it's a piece of clothing or shoes or, you know, my, in my home. So yeah, a different ways that you can bring in um, your own culture into your life on an everyday basis. So. To date, Immigrant and International Women in Science has had over 40 meetings across Canada and has transitioned into virtual ones during the pandemic. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk, and have yourself a good one.